Welcome into the I-80 Club. Josh Peterson, Jack Mitchell, Woo! thank you so much for joining us. It's Wednesday night in the club. In the club. Uh, if you're listening live, you're a patron. We love you. If you're listening like over the next like 72 hours, you're a patron. We love you. If you're listening after that, you're not a patron. We could we love you, We don't love though. you. We do not love yeah. you. Yeah. We like yeah. you. We're distant fathers to you, but we would love to have <laughs> you in the club. It's it's three dollars or five dollars a month. Jack, what can you buy for five dollars that gives God. you like less enjoyment than us? I don't even think you can get uh, a mixed coffee drink for five. I don't even think Jeez. you can get it for five dollars. Goddamn inflation you has come a, for us you, again. You can't get a beer. At, well, you can't get a beer at any uh, Husker events anymore because they didn't ever do it for baseball. Dang it! I just realized oh, yeah, that. What the hell? I just realized that. Oh, that sucks. Man, that would have been a bummer. Yeah. Between that and the weather and the team sucking, I'm out on baseball. Dude, out on baseball? I'm out on Husker baseball for the time being. Well, what are we going to talk about then over the next few months? We, we Were we really going to break down uh, no. extensive? Uh, we, the Definitely. first thing we were going to do is get into Josh's takes on the use of the bullpen last night against Creighton. Oh, yeah, man. Those were take. Wow. What a bullpen, huh? They uh, suck. Uh, there you go. That's my take. What a what a bad bullpen. bullpen. What a bad bull- bullpen. I w- you know what I'm you know what I'm also very sad that I missed is the official beginning of spring in my opinion is oh. uh, you and Josh's interview with Michael Brunts where uh, although I guess you didn't have uh, No, you, wait, he was you, sick yesterday. He had a fever. Mike Brunts was? Yeah. Well, no wonder it's still cold out. The yeah, first he he was unable to come on. So we had to do that segment with Schaefer. The oh well, the first yeah. day of spring is always when when you guys talk about the under over under on how many relievers there will be in the Nebraska baseball game, and yeah, yeah so that didn't actually happen. Wait, did you have Schaefer yeah. as a guest on Tuesday, and then he yes, was the host because today? since he was filling in today, I I will be honest, I really wanted our show today to not have like a million D- Dylan Rayola segments. We actually had zero Dylan Rayola segments, Sad. so I was like, John. Why don't we why don't we have Brunts on or why don't we have Shafe on today as in yesterday to fill in for Brunts because A, we need a guest and B, then we can preview the big visit weekend. So we it, it, it killed two birds with uh, one stone. So that was nice of him. Yeah. Well that's good. Yeah. Um yeah. and I got to do uh, the show Monday with John in my uh in our, in my old office or my current office, I Dude. guess. You just reminded me. I still haven't listened to the interview with McDermott. How did that go? I didn't, Were you nervous? I didn't even ask. Okay, I did, that's a great that's a great question because I was like, what should I do here? Yes. Right? Like, okay, yes. so this was all going through my head. Like, I was I was like, I could, I mean, I guess I could ask a serious question, but it's gonna come off as so, I don't know, condescending. I don't, not even, condescending. Maybe not be the word. Just disingenuous, sort mm. of. If I did that. But I'm also like you know I'm also not going to go on there because and and do something really snarky either um, because that's I, I don't know I I I feel like there's a limit to how far I should take things maybe I should have but I didn't yeah. get on and do like I told John I was like watch this I'm going to ask him why they couldn't stop Derek Walker in the paint <laughs> <laughs> but I that was uh, so funny. But I I didn't do that. And and so I just like I sort of commented in the background, like yeah. Greg was Greg had said coach. Greg had poked at John, and so I like got in on with him nice. on that, like a little bit. But I actually didn't ask a question because every question John was gonna ask was gonna be way better. And it was like super special moment for John and for you know, and he's my friend and so yeah. I didn't piss all over the segment. I just well, that's stayed. good. That's nice of you. I was just stayed in the background. I stayed quiet. In fact, I was pretty good that entire show, for the most. Well, part. I heard. So I, I didn't listen to the whole show. I listened to the some of the early stuff, like when Hobbs called in and just like took a freaking blowtorch <laughs> to you and Nebraska fans in general. Even out of nowhere. Hobbs, I, yeah, like, I didn't even realize he was a Creighton basketball fan until recently, you know, but I knew he was a, hu- a diehard football fan. He's been one of my favorite callers for years, and he, like, went after you hard, man. Holy I, God. I, didn't say, I hadn't – I, I knew you hadn't even said I, anything. I hadn't said, in fact, it was just coming off a segment where I was like, hey, I'm going to watch this game so because I know I'm doing the show, and I yep. want to be able to, like, have – not that I've watched them, you know, their other game, so I'd, I'd watched them. And I was actually doing some prep and like thought about what I wanted to say about Creighton and the matchup and and going ahead. And so I had just talked for like 
five minutes about some of my thoughts about that. <laughs> and, and, and honestly, the entire show, I didn't say I hadn't said anything except for like you know, referencing the Nebraska win a couple of times, but not near the trolling that I usually do. And no. it, he would like got set off by by something. Yeah. I don't know what it was. It seemed like he was more angry at Nebraska fans on message boards yeah, than message he was boards, about. Which I don't know yeah. anything about that. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. The only message board Jack recognizes is Huskerpedia. That's exact, Huskerpedia, exactly right. And BigHuskerFan.com. Yeah, he where, doesn't do he doesn't do the Red Sea Scrolls. He doesn't do the Husk. Boneyard or whatever twenty four seven calls. He doesn't know about the private ones with all the good information. No, no. Huskerpedia and whatever the other one. Big Huskerboard. Hu- big no BigHuskerFan.com. BigHuskerFan.com, a, a normal website. And I also only know about those sites circa like 2003. That is, oh, wow. Th- do, do you want to hear the dorkiest thing in the world? On on BigHuskerFan.com, I don't know how I got to be like a, first of all, I was like a, a published author on that site. I would like write blog posts for that site. Oh, uh, I did that for Huskerboard back in the yeah. day. Yeah, and I, maybe I've told you this before, but I had like a feature on there on a thread on the oh. Friday before games, um, I would go through and I would simulate the game on my original Xbox on NCAA, and I would. Oh do, yeah, you told me this. I yeah. would do play by play on a thread with the game that week's game before it. And like people would come in and make comments on it, and I mean, I guess it was a early version of Be Kind Husker Rewind, but it was Be Kind Husker Fast Forward at the time. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So I don't know. He was he was very crabby in that, but and so I was, uh, yeah, I was I was well behaved. I, I mean, I did say what I believe though, and I, as I think, like, I said that, and John John took this as like a, a troll or me raping him, but I was like, this whole the, all the matchups, this whole thing, their path. When I saw the bracket, I thought it set up well for him. Mm-hmm. I did, yeah. and it and it did, and it did even more so now that they're facing Princeton. Like, there's no. I 1,000% expect them to to win this game and play oh, Alabama. Yeah. And yeah. I don't expect them to beat Alabama, although I don't think it's that they couldn't. But if they beat – the Alabama game is the most difficult game that they're going to have. If if they can win that, like – Dude, they're, 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 they're about to be 40 the, minutes away from the Final Four. It's, I mean, it's they're wild. like – in obviously that game gets them into the Final Four, so it's obvious, but – like I don't see any of the matchups being a whole lot tough. I mean, Houston, I guess maybe, um, but I don't know. Like I think if they beat Alabama, they might win the national championship. Oh God, I'm not. You kidding. are reverse jinxing like hell right I'm now. I'm not. I'm telling you. I'm, yes, I you think are. If they beat they be, Alabama, they're, they're not going to lose anybody. If they no, beat Alabama, then I would expect the them to win the national championship. Wow. And, and I picked accordingly. I mean, I picked them to lose to Alabama. But I picked them to get to Alabama in my bracket, uh, yeah. which looks correct. Yeah, props to you. I did not. I had them losing in the second round to Baylor. Yeah. But by Sunday, I, I was like, I wish that I could have it the other way in my bracket because I was very confident by Sunday evening that Creighton was going to win that game. And after like two minutes, I was like, yep, they're definitely winning yeah. this game. Yeah. It was well, good. when you're getting – like, this is what I said on the air. This is right before Hobbs called. I was like, but when you're when – you're, um, Getting thirty points from Nemhart or whatever it was, twenty some yeah. points from Nemhart, you know. I mean, if you're getting that, that's a good sign. I think. yes, that's a oh, very absolutely. good sign. And and when he scored big, that's when they've been at their best. In fact, when they sucked, like he did nothing against Nebraska scoring wise. He did. I don't. He's rem- been very he, up and down. He's what, been he have, a like much seven points in that player. game. And in all that, in that whole bad streak they had, he was uh, not a scorer. He would, yeah. he, I all. would say of all the players on the roster, he's caught the most shit on the team this year. Yeah, him and him and Shireman from the fans. It's been oh, very really? uh, Shireman. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, but sure. here's the thing about this final man. These last few games, we're really putting in some teams I don't like into the that I don't want to cheer for. I mean, you oh really? You could, so obviously I mean, you got Creighton. Who else? Who yeah, else? I mean, Alabama. Have? It's Alabama. The the winner if they play the winner of that game is uh, I don't even know. That game's going to be weird because how can you cheer for Alabama even? Yeah. Um, and then Texas still oh, yeah. has a shot, obviously yep. of of getting there. Um, I don't know if there's a, like it's. How do you like, feel about like Michigan State? Are you rooting? No, I don't have. Tommy that's Zell? it's the weirdest thing. I don't know how you guys feel as a a Big Ten fan. Like I have like zero animus toward Michigan State basketball. 
whatsoever. Really? And I can't think of another – I have animus towards everyone in the Big Ten for something in football and pretty much in basketball. I don't know why. I don't hate Izzo. I don't hate Michigan State. I don't know if it's because Nebraska's had sort of a weird amount of success against them over in the 10 years that they've been in. I don't know what it is. Yeah, uh, I used to. I, just don't I hate, used I, to really like them. Tom Izzo has worn thin on me in recent years. Like, I find his act very tired. I find his act very tiring for me personally. Um, so I'm like kind of out on them. Uh, I'll be rooting for the record. I'll be rooting for Kansas State in that game between those two teams. Uh, and that game is that game tomorrow? No. Oh yeah, that game is tomorrow. So I'll be rooting for. Kansas State. Do not care at all about Florida Atlantic and Tennessee. Have no takes on that one in terms of who I'll be rooting for. Uh, God, I hate UConn, but Arkansas is so boring. I'll be rooting for Gonzaga uh, for sure against yeah. UCLA, but well, I'd be cool if either of those. I, two, I don't mind the, the winner of that game. I I kind of like. I think no matter what. Yeah. I don't know. I like. Yeah. I've always UCLA. I just. I think I just like their uniforms. Great uniforms. So, so I always. Plus, sort dude. Of I mean, that game them. two years ago was awesome. Yeah, absolutely I've, a tremendous game. I would say UCLA as a at least as a football program, they may be my – if I had to pick another Power 5 football program to cheer for, I don't know why, but I think it might be UCLA, which is a little weird. Nebraska actually does have history with them, not even that old of history with them, where Nebraska lost to them. I don't know why. I have the I have such a low amount of – I think it's really that I like their uniforms that much. What a yeah. dumb reason. Hey, you know, we all, we all root for teams for a variety of reasons. I don't think rooting for yeah. a team for uniforms so, is that crazy. Was that the, so? Did you go through yet, tomorrow's schedule? Is that what you just went through? Yeah, so that was tomorrow. Uh, and people are, you know, pointing out Riss is uh, among them. Josh, Arkansas is boring. They their coach literally ripped his shirt off. Yeah, boring, maybe not the right word. Just don't. I don't know. I just don't really care about Arkansas basketball. I don't have any ties to the. What do they call it? The 40 minutes of hell. I, I don't remember those teams yeah, in the uh, mid 90s. So I, but I, I hate UConn, though. I've, I've despised that program for as long as I can remember. I've never liked the brand of basketball they played. I did not like Jim Calhoun at all. So go Arkansas. Woo Pig Suey. Go Gonzaga. And that'd be nice because then they'd get a rematch with the team that knocked him out of the tournament last year. Um, Okay, Friday, Houston, Miami. Who you got? Ooh, in Houston, that just Miami. sounds like a fun game. That Miami game, watching Miami just destroy India, make Indiana look like a 1950s team. Oh my gosh, what an indictment on Big Ten style that game was. I thought, um, yeah. Trace Jackson, you know, running it through the big guy. I mean, boy, if there was ever a, and, and Robbie talked a little bit about this on Saturday on the show, and I thought he made good points, and then they completely sort of played itself out in that game, was just like, man, teams that have really good, really athletic guards who can really score are the ones that succeed in uh, in the NCAA tournament over big guys who are really over-relied on. And, man, that couldn't have been truer in that game. Indiana just didn't look like they could keep up with Miami in that game. Yeah. So I was – yeah. So I, I have no takes game. on that game. I was at a wedding, so I missed that part. Okay, what other ones were yeah. Friday? Uh, all right. Other Creighton, games on obviously. Friday. Uh, yeah. Creighton Xavier versus Texas is one of the ugh, later games. Ugh. And what's the last Yuck. one I'm missing? Alabama and San Diego state. Yeah. No, I don't like any of those other big East team like Xavier and you. Yeah. I'll probably root for Xavier. I mean, obviously ugh. I'll root for Xavier. So I said this on the air today with Schaefer. I wonder what you think. Um, I don't know if I really want Houston to like go to the Final Four since it's Nance's final year calling the tournament and you know the Final Four and you know that's where he went his alma mater blah 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 I don't know it just seems a little too much okay. too much I, sappiness I didn't even know I that think for me I didn't yeah I, I wouldn't have even made that connection huh I just yeah. want them to win because I uh, in my uh, not only I think in the I eighty club bracket but also uh, some other contests that I'm in uh, oh I, I went heavy on Houston. So oh. I am, I am. Yeah. So I got, I'm pulling for Houston and I picked them to win it all last year. And I thought I was a freaking genius because they, they went on a roll for a while and nobody else picked them. Uh, but then they got knocked out. So I'm still sort of cheering them for last year, which makes almost no sense, but I am. Yeah. So, but yeah, big, big 10, nothing left except, except Michigan States. Not that I would have conference cheered anyway. I'm not upset about it. Um, but holy crap. Purdue, wow. I mean, Ravi and I talked all about Dude. that on Saturday morning. But yeah. can you freaking believe? I still, I mean, I still cannot believe. The more I learned, every little bit more I learned about Fairleigh Dickinson 
and like yeah. their like the season, metrics and how low they the, were and yeah, all those things. The, the metrics, their season, the story of their coach and players coming over. Like yeah. every single thing I learned after that game made it seem like a more insane upset. Yeah, it dude, it it it's wild. And you know, the thing and, and I thought you guys really broke down the game well and kind of what happened. The thing that I keep thinking about is what happened late in that game when okay, so Purdue retakes the lead, you know, after after FDU had done a great job in the first half, and it's like, oh wow, this is pretty crazy. But Purdue comes out, they eventually take the lead. And in that moment, I think all of us were like, all right, they're about to go on and win this thing. When FDU then retook the lead again, Purdue was, I don't know if I've ever seen a team like actually scared. Like we use that phrase a ton. This team looked scared. This team looked scared. They looked scared. They did not want to shoot the basketball. Their shots, they looked broken. Like the way their form the way that they would jump and shoot, it did not look very good. And it, it like, I, I don't know. I, I've rarely seen a team that just, that lost in that way. Like, when the, the one happened in 2018 with Virginia, like, you know, what, UMBC, right? They just got insanely hot. And they kept, they made every three. This was not that. This was Purdue having opportunities and just shit in the bed over and over and over and over. Not yeah. great. Not yeah, great. no, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me, uh, especially with Purdue having the history, having lost a couple of two of other double-digit yeah. seeds. It reminded me of Nebraska football two years ago, when uh, or or last year, I guess you could say too, when it got down to when that moment happened. You were like, "Oh no, here we go!" Like I could feel that. I could feel that aura off of Purdue. They're like, "Oh no, this is happening, isn't it?" In slow motion, yep. and we can't stop it. Basically, yeah. so yeah, insane. Yeah, absolutely insane. All right, so that's the NCAA tournament. Uh, since we're talking about college basketball to start, uh, most of you have probably already heard, but uh, Micah Shrewsbury has been um, announced, uh, or at least the news is broken, that he will be the next coach at Notre Dame, so that will end the... They, and he has announced, they, they, they sent a Penn State... Is it official email, now? So it's okay. a, yeah, it's official now. So, and, and that obviously means Greg McDermott will be not be going to Notre Dame, so a couple of interesting ripples that we might be interested in as part of that. And I know you talked about uh, McDermott's situation on your show and reasons why yeah. he would or would not be thinking about leaving. Uh, I, I guess with this job not open, I assume there's not anything else that's going to come open that he would be a candidate for or interested in, but I guess you never know. Yeah. Um, I don't that think I don't, you know, an to, to all of that speculation. Yeah, I would think so. And yeah, I guess if you missed it, we talked about it a little bit too in the in one of the IAD club chat rooms earlier or I guess over the last 24 hours. Just like the relationship between him and, you know, the the brass, I guess is maybe what I would describe as, you know, an interesting situation um right now. Um, you know, they they have a new athlete, a new or a new-ish athletic director in Marcus Blossom. He's been the AD now. This is his second like full season on campus and the relationship that Mac had with uh, Bruce Rasmussen was incredibly strong. Um, Rass went to bat for him, you know, obviously many, many times, and he was the guy who hired him. And And when he returned to Creighton, I guess when he turned down Ohio State in 2017, the thing that he said was um, that you don't mess with happy. And, uh, like, the, the way that I had it posed to me in conversations earlier today and last night was, like, do, do we still think that he is happy? Um, that this is, you know, a university that, you know, puts, I was told puts less money into CU athletics than any other big East school. And so I think that there's been some frustration that they're not, you know, ponying up a little bit more, the assistance need raises, but the way that it was all described to me in the end, even after all those things that I just said was he wants to stay at Creighton. I don't know, you know, in the end, what, what the, cause I haven't had a chance to talk with my source about it since the, everything went down. I don't know, you know, what, what, what happened on the, on the, uh, on this, on the Notre Dame side of things, if if there was ever an offer, if if a timeline got sped up, if Shrewsbury, if that was, you know, really, if he was really the first candidate, I know that there was a ton of interest from the Notre Dame side of things. So I'm I'm very curious to see, I guess, you know, ultimately, uh, and, and it's just going to be. I were Notre Dame, I would, if I were Notre Dame, I would have taken McDermott over Shrewsbury. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, I mean, nothing against what Shrewsbury did this year; they had a good year, but I mean, it's. It, that was at least as much as far as it goes with him at Penn State. Like that was that was really it. Yeah. Um, he Shrewsbury also 
I thought what's been really interesting about watching him during the years, man, he does not have a coach's personality. Shrewsbury doesn't. I don't know how many interviews you've seen with him, but yeah, I don't think I've seen. I don't know if I've seen any. To be, I honest. don't know. You gotta you gotta watch one sometime. Like he's not super like commanding. Um, he's sort of like you know he's sort of self critical sometimes. I I just. I was almost surprised, and, and I didn't know at the beginning kind of the connections that he had to the area and those sorts of things, but I don't know. He just didn't – he did not have, like, the big-time college basketball personality, and I'm not saying that you have to, but he seemed very – he really stood out among Big Ten coaches, I thought, for that reason. Interesting. And so he goes – now, in terms of – which I know you guys got into this and Riss asked earlier, like, is it even a better job? I mean, I don't – I can, I can they have see football money. Yeah, I can see. Okay, you know? number one, if you're yes, and if you're if especially if you're of the Catholic faith, that faith that's of the, the sure. that's of the yeah. utmost there, right? That's, yes, yes, the, the, that that's is the school. The that's the institution. That was always the thing about Urban Meyer, right? You know, yeah. Supposedly yeah. that was always the, you know, no pun intended, but the golden goose for him. And it never yeah. ended up. And and you've heard that about a bunch of coaches in football over the years. That, right, Notre Dame, and, and I get it, that's football versus basketball. The basketball's got, I mean, listen, they're not Nebraska. They've had they've had uh, success not that long ago in NCAA Oh, yeah, dude, they took the Kentucky team, that undefeated Kentucky team, to the brink a few seasons yeah. ago. You know, so they they're really winning like, some hard. I don't know. I would still say it's a – and then being in, in the ACC, obviously, which, again, is down – Right now, and and you could argue the Big East is, uh, you'd certainly argue this year the Big East is a better conference this year than them. But it's still it's just the ACC in terms of all of the yeah. prestige that goes along with it, and I'm sure the paycheck, which I know you said probably wasn't a, a big factor in the whole thing. But let's face it, the resources that you would have make your job a lot yes. easier there than yes. what you're talking yeah. about at Creighton. Yeah, and 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 I guess on top of that too, I. The thing that like where I, I think I come down on is is creating a better job than Notre Dame. I also think that you have to kind of weigh the um experience that Mac has at Creighton, right? Like he would not he's not starting over at Creighton next year. It, it's it's you know, it's a program, it's an institution that he knows it very well. Whereas Notre Dame, for all of the positives that could come from taking that job, it would be a year one situation, whereas it next year will be what, year 13, 14, 15? I mean, it, you know, we're talking about a guy who's been now at Creighton for you know close to a decade and a half so right. I, I think that that matters in this conversation too but I, I do think you know Riss said it a few minutes ago says a lot that he was considering that change it does say a lot I I, I agree wholeheartedly um with that and so uh what you know I guess that relationship that he has with with the higher-ups with the president um with Father Hendrickson um you know with with Blossom and and just I guess how all of that is is going to work dude there there's been changes inside of that athletic department you know they've had some some long time people leave in now the last few years Bruce Rasmussen is the obvious one Kevin Sarver I don't remember his exact title basically like a director of ops like that dude was at all the sporting events he did a ton of stuff behind the scenes he left and I mean those are some two heavy hitters inside of that program to leave in in such a short amount of time and and like I, I guess I am going to Jack continue to keep you know, my ears to the ground and my eyes on, I don't know, whatever. I don't know what I'm going with that. But like, pay it, like, like, we need to pay attention, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Because it would not surprise me if we see some behind-the-scenes people with Creighton move on uh, at some mm. point throughout the summer. So, is there or, or even people that we know. Is there another uh, another job that could open? That is there anything else that even makes sense that you think he would get interest from anyone else or would at least consider it? Like, um. Like, I don't need, I mean, there just so, aren't, there's, I mean, right now, right, there's, uh, like, Providence, that's not happening, obviously. I'm just trying to think of some of the other jobs that are available or might be available. Is Chris Holtman on the hot seat yeah. at, at Ohio yeah, State? That, okay, I did see that one mentioned this morning. Yeah, because that's what I thought. So, he's been to the tournament four times in, in six years. Obviously, he didn't make it this year. Uh, they probably would have made it the COVID year. So, I mean, in theory, Jack, they would have gone to the tournament every year until this season. But yeah, I, I think that I've seen some of that stuff too. Look like that was an opportunity that was there and he turned them down. He decided not to go to Ohio state. It was a very real one. Aaron asked about Texas. I mean, Texas, there was an ESPN article this morning from Borzillo who, uh, who mentioned Texas. So I guess that's, 
that's one. Um, I don't like, I, I'm not going to pretend like I know what happens with college basketball hirings. Like I have a much better handle on college football hirings, not college right. basketball in terms of what, what they want. But you know, like I think he's a good coach and he's obviously a good program builder. Um, but I'm with, I think I'm with JB. I can't yeah, see Mac Texas at Texas. Does doesn't feel like a fit. I, I like, I thought, and I think Schaefer and I hit on it today too. Like I always figured that this was his last job. I figured that he was going to, you know, retire and go to, go to a golf course in, in Arizona and just hang out there for the rest of his life. So, um, you know, that, that, that this is happening, I think is, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's curious to me that it would happen at this time in his career, as it still seems like Creighton is peaking as a program. I mean, they're again, they're 40 minutes away from the elite eight and I think they're going to win and they're going to go to the elite eight at that moment. They're 40 minutes away from, I mean, immortality for this program. They're a Missouri Valley school, not that long ago. And they're on the doorstep potentially of a final four bid. So it just, it's like, man, why leave that for, I I mean, Texas, there's like a poll, I guess, of Texas and there's the poll of Notre Dame, but like that Arizona state was being mentioned as like a place he would land is like, again, it just says a lot about, I don't know, maybe what's going on. What if uh, the hypothetical here, what if uh, McCaffrey at Iowa on a win decided to retire? I don't think that's, that's not happening. Yeah. But yeah. I wonder if that's a play. Like that's a type of job. Yeah. That maybe he and would I, that would be And, and like this is again this conversation like of what is a better job. It's it's weird because like Creighton's in the Big East and the Big East like loves and just cares all about hoops, right? Mm-hmm. Um but the money is in the Big 10, it's in the SEC, it's in all of these places. Yeah. But I don't think it's about like I just don't think it's about money for him. He's we, he's got he's he's doing fine there. His I think we can be a little NBA. bit he's prisoners fine. in the moment too about how good a job. I mean, listen, the, people are going to say it's just Jack talking about Creighton, but I mean, you know, look at look at Butler. Butler was a better job, way better job ten years ago in terms of for success. Sure. Well, like, Jack, like this, they, and I, they I, had I posed tons it more to, history. And does that seem like a better job now? No, it, yeah, right now, absolutely not. I posed this to Schaefer earlier today, like. Is Creighton a good job, like, in in general, regardless of who the coach is? Or is Creighton a good job at this moment in time? Because yeah, McDermott has, that's what has elevated it. Like, Altman, Dana Altman got that thing rolling, and Mac has taken it now, and they have gone even higher. And then, of course, they joined the Biggies. Like, it is a good job. But, yeah, I think you're right. Like, how good of a job is it? Or how good of a job is it because McDermott is it? It's like Duke. You know, I wonder about Duke. In 20 years, could we be talking about Duke Maybe like we talk about Notre Dame or how we've talked about Notre Dame throughout our lives in football. Like, football. Look, Notre Dame's a really good job, and I'm not going to say it sucks. But Notre Dame, for the longest time, was like the pinnacle of college football. Notre Dame is not the pinnacle of college football. Was Is Duke a great job, or was Duke just perfect for Coach yeah, K? I don't like, know. I think we're going to find out in the next handful of years, a couple decades. Now, Jordan asked if, if Mac retired tomorrow, does Creighton get a top candidate, or do they settle? I, I mean, I think everybody assumed they were going to go with DeVries from Drake, very likely. Um, don't you? I mean, isn't I mean that... that's I think the assumption. I don't know because I, I Blossom is an East Coast guy. Yeah, you know? that's like, true. If it would he not was surprise me. Porter you know, Mosier was mentioned. Wanna... Porter Mosier was mentioned too, yes. even though he didn't have a good yep. year at Oklahoma. But I wouldn't. Yeah, he's a good coach still. Yeah, you know, like like JB says, if Rasmussen was still there, they'd probably get DeVries, Porter Mosier, or promote Huss. Now all bets are off. I think that JB is spot on with that. And like, I don't want to compare Blossom to like any of the litany of ads that Nebraska's had, but and and like. In a way, I want to mention Peterson, Steve Peterson, but I don't want it to come off as like Marcus Blossom is Steve Peterson. It's more like Steve Peterson wanted to really put his stamp on the program. Mm-hmm. And Marcus Blossom, young guy, opportunity to make a hire. Um, you know, it would not surprise me if you wanted to put his stamp on the program and not go with a former Blue Jay, hmm. you know. Um, and so, like, I don't, I don't know. Again, like college basketball hirings are, are not something that I really right. am in tune right. on, but – like I would guess, if I were to bet, if he were if he left, I would bet that they would go outside the family versus inside right. the family. Oh yeah, and then there's the whole Altman thing. I asked John oh about gosh. that on my show today. Like, I was like, would they reconsider all? Here's the crazy thing. Now there's that. Like, would had McDermott left, would that have been a discussion? I don't know. But if things would have went a little bit differently this year for Nebraska, and they did remove Hoiberg, I can't imagine that Altman wouldn't have been the top the top name in that search, right? Yeah. I mean, I know at, at one point in time, that was his dream job. You know, that was the job he wanted to have. Yeah. And, you know, like there were multiple, I believe, I think the two searches that ended in Collier and Doc, like he didn't even get a phone call, which is just 
Yeah. Wild. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, not That's, to make everyone sad, God. but it's like, what the fuck are you Gosh. doing? How do you not contact the guy, you know? Like, what is going on? All right, that's a lot we're of college. We're going to the final back. four. No big deal. That's a lot of college. Yeah, yeah. Talk. Let's move on from college. Wow. Now we're going to get stats. Well, it's now we can finally get since you didn't get to it much. Dylan Rayola talk. Dylan Rayola, Dylan baby. Rayola talk. How? Here's the number one thought right now, Josh, and it's even more so. We talked about this ten days ago when we said it. If he pulls back and doesn't do it now, the amount of growing kickery that is going to be going on every single day when there seems to be more and more indication that it's going to happen, it is going to be devastating if it doesn't happen. Oh, so now you have reached the point where it's it's gone from like, wow, that'd be a cool commit, but I won't I won't be yeah. you know super 100%. upset to if he doesn't commit to Nebraska, I am going to be in a depression. It yes, it will be it, it and here's why. I like I feel like the well, number one, just because there is seems to be so much smoke and like sort of smoke that I feel like he's kind of creating and winking about. Mm-hmm. And if it goes the other way, first of all, right away, there's going to be a huge backlash. Uh, but but number two is like, it feels like this, if this doesn't happen, Nebraska won't be in this situation again. Anytime. Anytime soon. Maybe, yeah, it's a uh, confluence of events that's hope, absolutely yes. perfect. Yeah, every it sets up perfectly. But if it does happen... And it does work out. It feels like maybe they will be in this situation again. You know what I'm. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like I yeah, feel like sure. this, I feels like this. I don't. I I normally am somebody who downplays my interest in recruiting a lot, and I just I don't. But I am going to change it on this one. I feel like this is a fork. It's a weird thing to say at the beginning of of the Matt Rule era. He hasn't even coached a game yet. But I feel like this is a fork in the road moment for the program. Um, and there are, at least when it comes to recruiting, this is branching off in two totally different directions um, for what the future of recruiting is going to look like here. So, man. And and now what? So is he going to be at the spring game? Is that a rumor? Is that a, See, is that yeah, a real thing? I think what that's just a rumor. About? I don't think that that's confirmed at this point in time. Um, but I, I do think that that is something that is out there in the ether. Uh, you know, I posted this yesterday – in the Husker football uh, subboard, but but Ari Wasserman, who covers recruiting nationally for the Athletic, um, he had a mailbag and he wrote about the the visit and and I like he is someone who kind of bows at the altar of like he cut his teeth covering Ohio State and so he he is all in on the idea that like you have to have roster full of five stars or else you basically suck like he. Yeah, it, it, I guess it was interesting listening to the to the lead up to the TCU game, the championship, and then and kind of afterwards, just his worldview on it. Anyway, he he so he he operates in this standpoint that like the best schools, they're going to get the best guys, yada yada yada. He he did right though. I'm not sure I'm ready to punt on the idea that Rule will get this big recruitment done. In fact, I think I'd bet on it. Um, Rayola already visited Nebraska earlier this spring. Will return this weekend. Expected to come for the spring game in April. I've been covering recruiting for a long time, and sometimes everything you need to know about a prospect's lean is out there. With how much of an effort that player makes to get to campus, I, dude, how many times have we said something along those lines over the last however many weeks and months? Like it, it's just, it's just too obvious to me. It yeah. is just too obvious to me that that he is doing all of these things. And it's not going to end with him coming to Nebraska. I just and, – and look, I, I don't want to, like, put all of this stuff on his dad, but, like, I just don't think that Dominic would allow it, you know, as a father. Yeah. But maybe, it feel, you know, maybe it I'm was, just putting way too much on him as a dad. Josh, it would feel like he's yanking the, our chain. It, yeah, it, it really it, would. And, and, and I don't, I don't think he wants to do that. I don't know if it's fair or not. I don't know if – maybe that's unfair for me to say that, okay? I mean, he yeah. he can he's taking trips. He's taking trips to Nebraska. Um, but the fact that he was here a couple of weeks ago, he's coming, you know, he's coming again. And now there, somebody just posted that graphic that, that, yeah, I hadn't uh, seen that, that before. That guy, that, so coming for his so official he is visit coming to the spring game this weekend, then maybe coming to the spring game and just all the little stuff on social media, all those players are going to Arizona. Friggin' Cooper Hausman yeah, is in Arizona playing football with him. It's just, yeah. it's, just it's so much. It, it's it's a different kind of smoke than you usually have um, in this kind of a recruiting situation. 
that it would it would feel it would come off like you were being jerked around if he didn't yeah, come. Yeah, it here. would. And and, yeah, and, and, and and I don't know if that's fair or not, but I think you're that gets to what you were saying is like if if, if it had the potential of coming off that way, I I hope and I think that Dom would would not be a fan of that either. Like yeah, he'd dude, be shutting this down. And I think we talked about it after uh, the the visit the last time. When was that? That was a month ago, basically. Yeah. Uh, like him him moving down to those courtside seats, I do not think was an accident. The guy was up in a box. People knew he was there. Again, I don't yeah. think that people. I don't think people inside the university would have allowed that to happen. Like I just. Right. And again, maybe I'm wrong. And I think How you and I debated happen, it a little by bit. The way. Like yeah. who's pulling the strings on that? I believe they had to talk to Trev. I believe that Trev was involved in the decision to let them go down there. I believe. Yeah, because so. he was down there, wasn't he? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Biff know. says, Jack couldn't be more correct. This hey. class, hey. and specifically Rayola's commitment, would change this program's trajectory. You, it is, you know, I, I always think of, you know, first four recruiting classes, I can kind of go through them in my head and remember, you know, how it, it affected our worldview of the program. Like, the first full one for Frost was 2019, and – I mean, in hindsight, not not that great. It, it, you know, it had Wandale, but it really wasn't as star-studded as maybe we would have hoped. The 2016 class for Mike Riley, like that was – we were all really looking ahead to 2017 because of the Calabrasca stuff. The first full class for Bo Pelini, 2009, I think is a, is a wart-filled class that is kind of full of signs of uh, maybe negatives to come in terms of their recruiting effort that they put into it. And before that, Callahan. And in in his first full recruiting class is one of the most, if not the most, ballyhooed classes Nebraska's ever had, the 2005 class that had Indomitian Sioux, among others. Marlon Lucky, of course, was the star, Harrison Beck. But this is, this is different because they've, of course, never landed a number one overall player. This would be the first five-star quarterback like, I don't know, ever. I don't know what Crouch or Frazier would have been ranked. And this would be the first five-star since Baker Steincooler. I mean, it's just, it's so, it's it's so funny, man. We've been talking about this for months now in like this, like, what if it, what would it mean? What would it mean? Like, if they actually land him, I can't wait to find out what it means. Because I think yeah. that, that a lot of people would be like, oh, wow, do we have to start paying attention to this right. program a little bit more now? Yeah, do we know? have to, <laughs> right. Do, we definitely have to pay attention to this recruiting cycle differently. Yes, definitely. If that happens. Definitely. Like how many I, – I mean, just look at the – and again, this is from somebody who is not not going down lists of weekly recruiting visitors, but you, it's hard not to note the, this weekend of visitors that are coming along with him when he's going to be here and the amount of five stars that are in that group. And it's just not a normal – it's obviously – I mean, everybody knows this. It's just – it's not a typical recruiting weekend that you have in Nebraska in March, right? So, yep, <laughs> that gives you – it's just a taste of what the rest of this year could be like uh, when yeah. it comes to it that. Could, like, yeah, nobody's off the, if they land him, all bets are off on, but, on what they're able to do otherwise. And I mean, I Josh, just, there's, you're going to look at the top list of recruits who haven't committed or even who yes. haven't. You're going to be like, yep, yeah, it feels like nobody's off, off the board now. Yeah, and they, I mean, they have another couple of five stars, I believe, that are coming in, you know, this weekend. And it, it – I mean, it, it would just – it would give this program such a shot in the arm – before they even play a game. And, I mean, look, by this point, I think we've talked about it a, a ton, but, like, Matt Rule has, you know, some pretty high approval ratings. I think with everybody, fans and media, I mean, dude, I, I've heard more praise about him, you know, from, like, the media this week in terms of, like, man, what a breath of fresh air that this guy came out and just told us straight up, hey, Anthony Grant suspended, you know, like, and he didn't batter, you know, dance around it. Like, th this, though would bring over any of the the, the others who are, are maybe have a side eye at, at Matt Rule, how, however few there are of them. Like, I don't know. I, I just think everyone would sit up in their seats maybe just a little bit more for what this guy is and what he could represent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's um, – man, when's it going to happen? When, I mean, what – I know. So if the, if the spring game is April 22nd and he goes to Oregon the 29th, 30th, so yeah, I assume we're into May, the, uh, barring him – you know, just going nuts and and making commitment this weekend, and then just canceling yeah. everything and canceling the Oregon visit. Um, otherwise, you're probably waiting to like May, right? For this, to yeah. And I mean, thinking thinking back to like when the crystal balls started coming in, and Mike Schaefer, I believe, was the first you know person to really kind of push the the thought that that Dylan was going to commit to Nebraska. He was someone, and then Mitch Sherman as well. There, there are a couple of guys that are you know early 
timeline guys. They are they are not thinking that he is going to wait until like August or July or whatever. Yeah. Like they think it's going to happen soon. And I mean, I, I believe that Shave said on the show like April. Like would not surprise him if if that's when it was. But I mean, he does have other visits scheduled, so we'll I guess we'll see. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's gonna be. Josh says, "How soon until he's a starter? Sophomore year, right off the bat? Look, I." I it would not surprise me if if he comes to Nebraska. It would not surprise me if he's starting in year one. That's what the best. That's what the five stars do. That's what the best players in the country do. They come in and they maybe they don't start on game one, but they start in year one. Well, you know, Trevor Lawrence. It took him until like game three or four to start at Clemson, but eventually he started at Clemson. Um, so I, I think that, it, that for those types of guys, it, it does it does happen pretty fast. Well, I think uh, uh, factoring into that a little bit is who plays this year. Uh, yes. Is it Jeff Sims and who could be back yes, two next years. year? Uh, yep. Will he be an incumbent returning starter, or is there some scenario through winning it or injury or otherwise that it ends up being Casey Thompson somehow, um, and and then it would be open? You wouldn't have Sims being the incumbent. I think that plays into that discussion a lot too, and I still think it's fascinating. What in the heck is really going to happen? I've talked about this like bazillion times, so I know you don't want me to. Nobody wants me to go into it again, but I still can't quite figure out what the scenarios are that get us to fall with Casey Thompson leaving or staying. I, I, I just I can't quite figure out what this spring exactly him staying for the spring while injured and what that means, because mm-hmm. there's a part of me that still thinks the end result is he doesn't stay. How you get there? I don't quite know. How if do he you doesn't get- stay. I think like the easiest path of that from him not staying is that Jeff Sims is like, everyone knows he's better. Everyone knows he's the starter, and he just runs away with the job. Do you think that's he, one scenario? That I guess the other the would spring? be. Could that even really happen though? In yeah, the spring? I know it's hard, right? Because if they're not, if, if if he's getting compared versus like Chuba and you know Harburg and these guys, it's like I mean, yeah, he should be better than those guys. So like, I I, th- I guess I I think I would start with that. You know, the other Jack that could happen is if Thompson just doesn't feel like he's getting a fair shake. You know, but, now I don't know if he can if he can have that feeling. How would I mean, he? he what would he base feeling? that feeling? I agree with you. And if he played this spring, I could see that happening. But not being in the spring, like how would that even evolve to feeling that way exactly? Um, I don't know. Just listening to you know, reading the tea leaves. I, I I'm, I'm I guessing guess. a lot of it would be like behind the scenes stuff. That if it's he's just essentially like told, vibe. I guess if he's yeah. told, he's not going to be the yeah. starter. But if I'm again, but if I'm rule, I'm playing chess. To try and make him stay. Well, isn't that interesting though? Because I, I agree with you, but he if he it if he seem... wants him to like he's doing a poor job at playing chess then because he never compliments it. I know, I know. It, that's and that is even what I got to when I asked him this question when I interviewed Rule. I I said something to the effect of it's got to be you know I I've got to imagine your hope is to have both of them, and I don't even think he really took the bait on that. I can't remember the exact question, but if I'm him. I am pl- I am doing everything I can, which I think he should be. I think it would be almost coaching malpractice not to try and keep both of them there, given the given the need for two experienced quarterbacks on a roster, yeah. and knowing that behind them is bleh, who knows. Um, and so that's yeah, that's the weird thing about it. I totally get what you're saying that it doesn't necessarily seem like he's playing chess, but I would be if I was if I if I were in his shoes. Yeah. Yeah, so like that's I guess that's the thing that I keep coming back to. But you know, here's the other thing I keep coming back to. What Dumanji says, I have to see Sims reliably complete passes. Right, his numbers are not very good. Right, right. You know? That's so the like, other thing. He, yes, yeah. I know. It, it, I yeah, that is exactly right, Dumanji. Because, and again, I hope he's great. I hope all of the you know the the the, the eye test stuff, the physical stuff that everybody's kind of goo goo gagaing about him with. I hope that all comes to pass, and he's. Great, but he hasn't torn up college football at any point necessarily no, yet. No, he is. I not. mean, he's not like uber proven by any means. Jack, look, I, I'm going to throw out a name, but it, like, I just I look at his numbers and then I think back to how we talked about Tanner Lee, and I'm like, I mean, it was right there in front of us, and a lot of us, myself included, didn't want to believe it, and we wanted to believe the way he was talked about, and then he started in Nebraska, and he was kind of what. His number said he was at Tulane. Like, he was very average, I thought, throughout his time at Nebraska. And, I mean, like, there were a lot more problems than him. But I guess I just – I don't know. I look at Sims' numbers, and I'm just like, am I 
Are we all missing something? And that, look, that's not even to mention the Marcus Satterfield of it all and like how South Carolina fans wanted to run him out of town before the last two games of the season. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and, and then they went on a hellacious run. They kicked Tennessee's ass and then they beat Clemson. Yeah. And so I just, I don't know. Like, uh, I, as high as I am on rule, Marcus Satterfield is like this one guy that on this whole staff, even like I know Garrett McGuire, it seems like he's caught the most shit. And of course, Donovan Rayola. But man, the, the, the guy that I am just like, I hope that he's right about hiring him as Satterfield more than anybody else. Yeah. And I see what Travis is saying now. I did the same thing. I went through and looked up the number one quarterback of every year, and it's a mixed bag if you if you go through that whole thing. It's definitely a mixed bag. Uh, like uh, Davis Mills, who's playing for the Houston Texans now. <laughs> like, I, I didn't even realize he was a number one overall quarterback coming out of his recruiting class. Oh, um, wow. And there are a lot of – Shea Patterson was on the list. Uh, he mentioned him a couple of them there in the chat. And so, yeah, he's still in the NFL. But there are definitely some that aren't in the NFL. It's a interesting. I should pull that list back up because there are some names you're like, oh, yeah, I had completely forgotten about that name. And some that are that are hits. Uh, yeah, and then sure, Trevor too. Lawrence, you know, generational right. guys. Yeah. Uh, and Jacob Eason. I think Jacob Eason is still in the NFL, too, actually. But nonetheless, I, I see what he's getting at there. But – Whatever, and you know, you don't know for sure. You 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 don't know for sure, but man, I would love to go down that path and find out for this program. Um, did you? So, like, there were a lot of interesting. I thought a, a couple of things. A lot of interesting, like, video clips th- that came out of the pro day, like along the side today, um, like in a good way. Like Bill Bush came back and he was talking to all his. De- he was there. He was invited there and. Got to talk to a bunch of his defensive players. Cam Your rival Jer- in morning radio, Bill Bush. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, Cam Jurgens comes back. Um, mm-hmm. Anthony ha- Grant was there, suspended. Yeah, I test Anthony was there, and he had a hug with yep. uh, with uh, Rayola, uh, nice. Coach Rayola. So, so that was you know that was cool too. And uh, even and then the, the even the biggest thing was uh, Garrett Nelson. You know, he had they had video of him having a long talk with Rule and kind of embracing, and then he was like effusive about Rule. Garrett Nelson was effusive about Rule when he was talking after the thing and and met with media about how supportive he was and he didn't have to be and all this stuff, which is a little odd because like there was a part of me that thought uh, at least a portion of why Garrett Nelson left was he was one of the few players that seemed perhaps unhappy with the coaching change. But it didn't come off at all that way when he talked about it today. Yeah, he was definitely the one guy that, you know, when when that all happened, it was like, oh, you know, he he was he was just such a frost guy. You know, he was he was in Frost Corner. He had, he was someone who had mentioned in the offseason. Like he wasn't he the guy, Jack, who was like, I just want to see him happy. You know, yeah, and, I do kind of remember and, that. Yeah, yeah, remember that quote? And so he just he seemed like a, a very particular type of player that, you know, I didn't think he was like gonna sabotage anything, but just maybe he was tied up into the emotion of it all more than, you know, most players would be. And so, yeah, you know, I always, I think it's always nice to see that type of stuff. I think one of the things that Nebraska has had issues with over the last two decades beyond a lot of stuff is like just that the former players kind of feeling welcome, um, you know, like, look, not, not to keep tooting Matt rules horn, but I mean, he really does seem to care about that type of stuff. He really keeps, seems to care about the relationships and I, I, I think that you can yeah. you can say like he's only doing this, you know, to cover his own ass while also acknowledging like that this is probably who he is and it serves two masters, right? Yeah. Like it it doesn't it doesn't pay to or, or what am I trying to say? It it's not you can be nice. You can be a good person. You know, like yes. you don't that doesn't have to be like it's... this super difficult thing. Like that's that's kind of how I try to operate. I mean, that's that is how I try to operate in normal everyday you know, like I'll tell a quick story. So I was at this wedding last weekend and there were some people there, you know, and like, you, you, you know, as we're moving stuff around and setting up um, because it basically all took place in this, in this house on, on the beach in, in Myrtle beach. And so we, we used a lot of like the same chairs and tables and where the, the, the living room was where the dance floor was. So we're do, doing all this stuff. We're moving a bunch of stuff. And there were some people there you'd bump into them and you'd apologize and they wouldn't say anything or they would bump into you and they wouldn't say anything. And I remember just thinking, like, man, it's not that difficult to just be like, hey, my bad. I didn't mean to bump into you. And, you know, not, not again, not to just make Matt Rule seem like this saint for, like, apologizing if he bumps <laughs> no, into you. But exactly you know, right. 
Yeah. Yeah, Mitch Sherman had that anecdote about like he no one was around really and he went and picked up a piece of trash, the old cameras, and he just threw it away. And the coach was like, like, that tells me a lot about his character. And I agree, you know, I, I, I think that that can say something. It does it guarantee a winning season? Of no. course not. But it, it it just it's it's not hard to be a good guy. It's really not. It's not. It's Josh, and we've had such a low bar here, frankly, of 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 guys coming in and not being a good guy. Uh, at least two out of the last three, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and and just being so, you know, I don't know if divisive of the uh, is the right word, but about people who aren't them and so it should it shouldn't be hard to come in like what Matt Rule is doing and not do what Frost did about the previous coaching staff and just rip them all the time that shouldn't be hard but it hasn't happened here for the most part and so it makes him seem like a saint but yes it does we're like oh my gosh we're just grading him on this insane curve yeah a hundred percent but I mean I will say this, like those things are, for me, whatever it, it may not result on anything in the field, but like that matters to me. Those, those sorts of things matter. I want to be able to like my head coach. I don't want him to burn. I I don't want him to go out there and, and tear down Frost either. I don't want that. And he never has at all. Or the team last year. Um, the things that he said on that first day of the press conference, uh, the first spring de- spring ball press conference when he talked about watching the film and the way that the the team you know played last year and and being complimentary of them and um, all, all of these it's it's just it's stuff that's easy I would think <laughs> but we haven't seen it but I think it also matters like it's it's yep. it's incredibly refreshing I guess it's just like there's no the need is. to do it you know and so like when a guy. Again, we're, we just keep keep comparing him to the former coach and then the coaches before him. And, I mean, like, here's from, from Josh. He called the current guys his guys, too. Yeah. And, like, you know, like, I don't like Urban Meyer. You don't like Urban Meyer. I'm guessing most of us don't like Urban Meyer. The one thing that I love that he did, like, he, he that's the mantra he lives by because I think he chastised one of his assistants for saying that. Like, our, we got to get our guys. And he's like, no, no, no. These are our guys because we are now their head coach and we're their assistant coaches. Like, they are yeah. our guys. Yeah. And, like, that stuff matters. Like yes. I think that you can say, like we need to get better, while also you know we need more. Be- we need better players. You can say that in a tactful way, where it's not just like, yeah, wait till we you know get our guys in and run off. Even like when the guys, like when you know, he announced that James Carney, among others, aren't involved in the team anymore, and he just doesn't do it like in a in a malicious way. Mm-hmm. Um, he just does it in a normal, in yeah. just a normal way. Yeah, and and, and you know what the overall net feeling from that is is whatever is completely opposite from the old us against the world uh shell around the program everything inside of who we are exactly right now is is battling everything outside of us whether it's the past or whether it's the the fan base or the expectations and all of those things and i hate you know how much i hated that i hated i had when bo did it and i had when frost went down that road and this is the polar opposite of that this whole yeah. time. And I, I appreciate the heck out of that. And I think it's got to help. I, I do think it's got to feel better. Part it, it, I do think that is going to have impacts on what it feels like on that team, what it feels like in the locker room, how it feels when things start to go shitty, right? Mm-hmm. I think yeah. all of those I, – I think it will have an impact uh, on those on those little things. I hope it does because – I've been wanting somebody who does that, and I'm I'm glad to see him do it. I I hope it actually pays off now. Yeah, I think if he has success, I think that the the like the welcoming in with open arms stuff, I think would be a lot of fun with with Rule, and I think he'd be a very easy guy to root for. And, and like you and I have talked about it with Frost, but especially towards the end, it really did seem like a like a situation where if he turned Nebraska around. It was going to be a yeah. See, I proved a lot of you guys wrong. Like in that, that wouldn't have been good for anybody. Yeah. Um. And and yeah. It, I that's obviously not going to happen this time. You know, with no. this head coach. Well, my 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 thing with I said after with after they hired someone new, I don't want to have somebody hired that acts like every day coaching at Nebraska is the new worst day of their life. And, yeah, seriously. And I've had too much of that. It's just it's it, it is antithetical to what we think about this program. That yeah, it's that much sure. of a living hell to be the coach here. 
and Rule yeah. is just the he makes it seem like it's the greatest day. Every every day is the greatest day of every his time. Life. Yeah, every and time again, we hear him speak, he really easy does to seem do, to enjoy it. Easy to do right now. Correct. Let's hope that. Let's continues. see what happens when he calls a, a a you know a pass play on third and one at the goal line, and they throw a pick, and the place loses their yeah. mind. Like yeah, you know, let's see what happens. There. So I'm I'm torn between this this going too all do too crazy in the honeymoon period, but also truly seeing things that. I'm really happy about and I'm really excited about and make me more than anything, Josh, just like really want him to succeed mm-hmm. because I did anyway, but because of the way that he's doing it, I really want yeah. to see Again, him yeah, succeed. He's a super easy and guy just how, to root for. He's how super great it could be if it works. Yeah. Like, and it, like, it's going to be like legit the way, fun if it works. Yeah. And I think the way he is approaching things, I think is cool and different. Like even, even something as simple as him mentioning that they practiced outside because it was windy and he wants the quarterback to get used to throwing in the wind. Like I'm guessing that former coaches have done the exact same thing. They just didn't verbalize it. And I was like, wow, that's a cool way to think about it because he's right. You, you should practice in the wind because you're going to have to deal with wind, you know, like, and I, I made the same reference on the radio show yesterday. So I apologize, but you know, I run outside sometimes when the weather sucks because you never know what race day is going to bring. Right. And I, I always want to be prepared just in case, like, hey, I dealt with 20-mile-per-hour wind in my face, and that was good, and then it can prepare me and I can get tougher. Like, I don't know. I just – I loved hearing that from him. I love, like, the the way in which, like, they go after specific, like, recruits and how they look at, like, these different metrics. Like, I think that that stuff is really cool because, it's again, it's just different and unique. Um, So, yeah, it'd be – I don't know. It'd just be fun. It'd be fun if he was good yeah. for the obvious reasons, but it would be fun if he was good because he seems like a, a fun guy to root for. Yes. Yeah. A hundred, a hundred percent. And an interesting contrast is, and maybe it'll work for him too, but man, I've continued to see some of these videos and these stories of coach prime. God, that just looks like a freaking joyless place right now. See, and that's going to have like, I think that there will be some condescension if he succeeds in the way in which he talks about it. I, re- I think that that will, I think that 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 will, Who will? It, it, explain from, what you mean from by that. prime. I think that prime will be like you, there were doubters. I think that he will really go after those types of like media members or fans. And I, I, I think joyless is, is a, is a solid way to describe it. Whereas Rule in Nebraska, I don't. I, it's definitely not going to have that that type of vibe. I, and the things he might be doing might completely work. But I was just stunned the same day that Rule talked the the after the first spring practice. Uh, we talked a whole bunch about things, you know, and and talked about uh, making sure that the players weren't, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be good and bad. And there's going to be mistakes. You don't want to yeah. get hung up on them. This generation, you know, you make one mistake and you can be in a meme forever. We need to ease sort of that burden on them. I'm paraphrasing a bit now. And he said, I made mistakes today going from station to station. We're all going to. That gave off such a completely different. I just happened to watch some more of those videos of Prime that same day. And it the contrast between those two uh, who are going to face each other in the second week of the year are just com- they're completely de- Prime's in a meeting in uh, it with the team and he's saying you don't get the number if you think you want a number you don't get it you have to earn the number that you're getting and if there are two people who want the same number they're gonna have to compete for it and we give the especially special players the single digit numbers those are the ones that you want to be you know and I was like God I mean I get what he's doing but jeez right I, it's it was it's just it is the it feels like the polar opposite of the atmosphere there and it's so interesting. Because it's basically going to be an experiment. They're going to face off against one another, and we're going to see which yeah. one works more quickly. Got it. Now I'm getting really excited for that game on I'm September, so whatever it is. Fired up. Maybe <laughs> prime time on Fox. Ooh. Oh man, God, that'd be great. Oh, hopefully I'll be there. Hopefully, hopefully I'll be there. Hopefully Come I'll on. be there too. Oh man, live i eighty club t- in there, the morning in th- Boulder. There's some talk about potentially some kind of an arrangement. Uh, that might have both of us down there. So we'll see if it Hello. happens. That kind of Hello. stuff doesn't usually happen on, on my side, but you guys may make it possible. Well, that would be a great time. Yeah. we Great could, time. We, I'm sure NRG would be glad if we did a little I-80 club live from there too. Yeah. We'll just, we just won't tweet about it. They won't. <laughs> uh, all right. Any, we've been going an hour. Anybody have anything else you want to bring up here before we wrap this thing up? Josh, anything else I missed that you wanted to talk about? 
No. Uh, Patreon.com slash ID Club. $3 or $5 a month. I got an email from someone who was like, hey, how do I get set up on that? So I got to respond to that. Oh, good. Like, I did it. see we yeah, got a new very... a new subscriber like a f- few days ago, but I haven't seen yeah. that person, I don't think, yet on the Patreon. So Yeah, so hopefully they, 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 hopefully uh, they, they join in soon. Uh, but, yeah, uh, we'll be back on Saturday, Saturday morning coffee show. I'll be happy to be back. Yeah, he really enjoyed it with you and Robbie. That was a whole lot of fun. Well, I appreciate it. It was very nice of him to uh, to do yes, that it was. with us. Um, just yes. So maybe he'll be willing to do it again sometime. That'd be cool. And yeah. I know Schaefer at some point uh, is going to sit in for one of us, too, to do one, too. So Oh, good. That will good, be good, good. I, I He couldn't this Saturday, but he is willing to do that. So Good. Awesome. That will be cool as well. So, yes. All right. I think we got I think we got everything. Jim says hello. Is Sip in here? No, <laughs> he's definitely not. I don't think he, he, think he even knows what Discord is. Uh, no, yeah, no. definitely not. Uh, also, get... Kena said uh, more like high eighty club. Am I right? <laughs> definitely. <laughs> it is legal out there, Jack. I know. John brought that up about twenty times when he was joking about Denver. That's his go-to joke about Denver. Is it? Yeah. I can't. I. John I. Weed. I was. I. I told him even in just text and on the air i was like hey you might run into my son there he's going to be down there at the games and he was like i'll, I'll be seeing him at the at the dispensaries oh. i bet <laughs> nice classic classic john <laughs> going down going down the hammer in one joke till it dies. yeah over and over and over uh good stuff all right uh i think that's it then uh, all right, we will uh, we will wrap this up. Thank you to all of uh, thank you for uh, bearing with us with the slight change today. And uh, like Josh said, back Saturday morning for a regular Saturday morning coffee, and uh, then we'll uh, we'll get working on what we have going forward after that. And we will continue to talk to y'all on the chat rooms. So jump in the Discord and let's talk about the games the next couple of nights. See you later, podcasters. Have a good one. Bye.